What's up, everybody? This is another episode of Toy Photo Cast. We have an excellent show for you guys today. We have the one, the only, Mr. Red Dog 5 on the other line. What is up, Paul? How you doing, man? Great, thank you. Thanks, Dakota. Great to be here. Um, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm so glad to have you on the show. And I, I have been looking forward to this conversation ever since our first phone call. So it's going to be awesome to to pick your brain, man, and just get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been loving all the other podcasts. They've been fantastic. I've been learning a lot from them, actually. Uh, it's amazing how uh, therapeutic they are. You know, you hear these little tidbits from people, and um, it's so inspirational, and it makes you feel like you're not alone. Because we kind of, you know, feel like we just plowing on, and you know, you just you really do need the community to help. So it's been great. Thank you, man. Yeah, I I definitely wanted this to be one of those things where people could go back and listen and re-listen and get nuggets out. I didn't want it to be a surface level podcast, and I love going back and listening to the episodes and just learning, you know, about toy photography and not only about the methods but also the mindset. As my favorite thing to top uh, to talk about is the mindset. Um. So yeah, yeah, let's just jump on into it, man. How long have you been doing toy photography for? Um, well, I started uh, 2015. Like, uh, it, basically, I've been a photographer, well, since I've been a teenager, really. Uh, I was 19. I'm 50 now. So I've been a photographer a long time. I used to do wedding photography, did landscape photography. I've done, you know, band photography. I've done it at a professional level. But um, I came to America when I emigrated, and I kind of like, said I'd had enough of it I've just done with it and I was thinking what else can I do as an outlet and um, for the longest time I was like I was really fascinated by those tiny little mini figures you know the little um, like the train set guys you know the tiniest things you see people putting them in fruit and stuff like that so I always enjoyed that micro level world I thought wow that's incredible that's really interesting but I thought I'm never never going to touch it and this this was when I first came to America so like I said I just this was from 2008 up to 2015 before I actually did anything. I was just uploading other pictures that I did. And then I just basically went on there on Flickr um, and I started to see some, you know, as I started to explore, I saw the, the I saw the, you know, <laughs> the world of toy photography. There was more to it. And um, so that inspired me then to think about, wow, I, I still have figures uh, from my childhood. Maybe I should get them out again. I kept them, you see, from... Uh, from the you know original stuff you know the, the 3.75 figures 1977 you know all that all that stuff i got those and i kept them all my life i'd always carried them around me i even brought them when i emigrated that's how important they were <laughs> i thought i'd never use them um so yeah so i started to play around taking pictures of that and it it, it, looked, it looked awful i thought ah, this is you know and this is not for me <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so i said you know because it just wasn't working i was like well what how are these guys doing this? I thought, you know what, let's let's just let's rethink this again. And then I started to um, think, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna approach this like because I really love movies, I love how they're made and all that kind of stuff. So I started to just miniaturize everything in my head. You know what you need to do, like the lighting, the you know the setting up and all that kind of stuff. You've really got to think about all that stuff. But I didn't have any um, like I didn't have anything like so I, like backgrounds or dioramas or anything like that. So I uh, started to get household appliances, like uh, I got I got a vacuum cleaner and things like that. So I would 
it would break that out and suddenly that become like an interior of a ship. And uh, I try all that kind of stuff. And uh, people remarked on that when I first posted those kind of shots, they were always saying, like, wow, you know, what is that? What are you doing? And I had to tell them, yeah, I just grab a piece of crap from around the house and make it look like something. Because I knew at that level, my, you know, at the macro level, you could you could disguise everything. So, uh, and that's why I started doing basically. But at this point, I didn't have many figures. I just had my 3.75 and the Black Series was just taking hold. And uh, I passed on them so many times, the six inch ones, I thought, I just can't do it. I can't can't spend 20 bucks. <laughs> but now it's like I'm spending hundreds of dollars. On, I don't even think about it now. But back then it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a stretch. But but then I started to look at the figures in more detail. And I realized, wow, these things are incredible. They're way better than the 3.75 I'd collected. And I thought, I've got to get into this. Huge Star Wars fan. And that was it. I, uh, I bought Boba Fett and Solo. Greedo and uh, I think Luke's got Luke, um, red, you know, the Red Five, and I was off to the races. Do you feel like you opened Pandora's box whenever you, you bought those first uh, Black Series figures? Yeah, I did. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was like light bulbs started going off. Every, every memory I had when I was a child collecting those figures came rushing back because um, I'd buried that deep away. I said, you know, this is just a nostalgia thing. And, and uh, so then, so then the two things clicked, you know, the mind um, of, of enjoying figures, and then the fact that wow, I have this tool now, toy photography, to go back into um, recreating scenes, hmm. and um, you know, and things in my mind that I'd imagined years ago. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was Pandora's box, absolutely. <laughs> so who's some of your biggest inspirations for toy photography, or just in general? Well. When I started out, um, I, 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 you could argue it was an inspiration, um, even though I didn't go down the Lego route. But the um, I think his name is Avant, is it Avant? The guy who did the Lego book, you know, oh, um, Avant? You talking about Avant? Yeah, Avant. Yeah. Yeah. Now he was he was on Flickr. Um, he was kind of like untouchable back then because you could tell he was like, oh yeah, he's working for Lego. He does all this stuff, but he's still a nice guy. You could DM and chat to him, whatever. But his lighting style was something that clicked with me. I, I thought, you know, I really like that. I, I like dark. I really do like like dark kind of shadowy lighting. I like texture in my pictures, that kind of stuff. Mm. So he was a big influence. But the first person that I ran into was a guy called, um, he's called Chevy Tahu, Colin his name is. And uh, another guy called uh, Tom, a.k.a. Patch. And then there's another guy, Agent Butterman, Patrick. And uh, Brandon, Skeleton Astronaut. Now, these are all names you'll know on Instagram, but at the time, these are the only guys I knew on Flickr. Now, these were the guys that encouraged me to go on Instagram. I wasn't going to go. They said, oh, it's a lot more lively on there. You know, things will happen for you. You know, you'll you'll get people chatting to you and you'll get more interaction because Flickr is very, you know, like an old people's home. You get like three or four people chatting to you if you're lucky in a week. Back then, you you said Avenat was one of your big influences, and Chevy Tuhu, and who was the, who was the other one you said? So you got Patrick, who's Agent Butterman. Um, Agent Butterman. Him, yeah, he's another one. He's he's a he's still on Instagram. So these guys, it was more the fact that they were they were doing different things back then. Um, now I will say as well, many years before I started into toy photography, I did actually follow Sergeant Bananas and. Um, 
and Jason were more or less. They were they were just stuff I'd looked at. You know, I had them as followers. I followed them, but only because I was fascinated by their, uh, you know, the kind of pictures they were doing. Jason was doing his digiramas back then, and uh, obviously Sergeant Bernard, as we all know about him. Um, I got to know him over time, but back then, you know, he was a. I didn't know what the what was going on with that. I was like, wow, this is like another level sort of thing. Um, and as I got on Instagram, you know, I met a lot of people um, who influenced me all the time, constantly being influenced by uh, by people. So, like, do you feel like getting into toy photography now? Do you feel like it's better? when you started or do you feel like it'd be better now to get into toy photography? Um, I think it's, I think it's better now. I think there's, um, there's a lot of people who's paved the way. Mm. Uh, and there's, um, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's, there's more, this, the toys over the years have got really, um, you know, they've, they've gone off the charts, the way they've expanded, you know, the details on them, even in the short time I've collected black series, um, and I, I buy the more higher end ones now, you know, like the Hot Toys and the, and the Mezco now, and, and um, those kind of things. So the details and the clothing, everything's phenomenal. So from a aesthetic point of view and a photogenic point of view, it's a great time to get into it. Back then, I, I kind of liked the people that you know, people like Tuscan Milk Bar and Action Figure Noob, Dark Side Seventy Seven, Black Series Day, these kind of people. Um, Spencer, I, I kind of like came in when they all started and. It kind of, we kind of all grew together, some more rapid than others, but it was kind of, it was a lot more naive back then. You know, I felt like we were all trying to, I don't know, we we're just trying to find our place, you know. And we had uh, people like Sergeant Bernardes and other people like that who were advancing the craft, you know, in terms of like the effects and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of took note of that and then you think, oh, I wouldn't mind trying that. I'd like to try that out. So from the experimental point of view, I felt like that was going on in the first few years. But now I feel like everyone has advanced. There's been so much advances. And you can see guys hit the ground running now who come in because they've got so much source material, so many accounts they can look at. Um, and another thing, you know, I found was just people weren't that, I don't want to, they weren't like as willing to chat back then. I think they're a bit more reserved. You know, they're right. a bit more like, uh, you know, you can send DMs, but. They're not necessarily, it wasn't that they didn't want to give you information. They just was not as like now. It just seems to be everybody's super encouraging. They really want to help because I feel that's what advances the whole thing. It advances the craft. Everybody gives little bits of knowledge. Um, I certainly don't believe in just telling someone exactly what to do and they just copy that because they're not learning. You know, right. I'm a big believer that you should go through, you know, tribulations and it should be difficult, you know, at times because you really do learn that way. I'm learning all the time. I'm constantly making mistakes and I'm constantly learning. I reach out to people. They say, oh, yeah, you know, this is not quite right. And then I go back in and I pay more attention and, I, you know, I can do a better job. But it's it's such a big learning curve, this toy photography. It's not, it's so nuanced, you know what I mean? It's just not, that's why I think it, I think it gets disrespected by other photography people, actually. And I think they're starting to realise Wow, no, these these guys are some real artists on here. They really is. Mm. Um, and that's my goal. I try and make figures look as real as I can. I've always tried to do that. I'm going for a realistic look rather than the, uh, you know, just uh, toys just sitting there in the grass type thing. <laughs> Definitely. So, Definitely. That, that's, that's my goal anyway. So how do you feel like your photos have changed since you first started out? Oh, they, they, they've changed quite a bit. Um I feel, well, I didn't have a very good camera at the start. Um, 
I've only recently had a really good camera for a year. So for my first like three or four years, I was using quite basic material, quite, you know, a super basic camera. And I wasn't used to that. I'm used to, because I sold all my gear to emigrate. So I was used to, you know, a lot more advanced cameras and I know how to use them. I know the technical side. So that really helped me back. So my lighting was, my lighting was harsh. I felt um, I didn't, you know, sometimes I wasn't, depth of field wasn't quite there. You know, I did my best uh, produce. I don't really have been far back all the way down. There's quite a lot of pictures, but um, but they had the right idea. They had the they had the the heart. You know, I have a style, and I feel I've kept that, but I've just improved it over time. It's got you know, it's got more richer, better depth. You know, more interesting, better stories, uh, that kind of stuff. You know, it's definitely I see the improvement. It's inch by inch. It really is, and that's what I say to new people. Don't. Don't expect to hit the ground running. It's it's best to go through, you know, all these uh, setbacks because you really do improve that way. So when you're approaching toy photography, are you, I know you post a lot. So you post, you post probably four times as much as anybody else, but that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. How do you approach it? Are you more interested in like taking the shot and posting it? Or are you more interested in like the setup and like, taking a lot of time to get a setup and then working on a post and then like editing the post, like what's your kind of method? Yeah. Well, back in the day I did post too much. And the problem was, and I didn't know this, I got told by a lot of people, you post too much and a lot of people didn't follow me and they didn't want anything to do with me. But what I was trying to convey was um, like a, a frame by frame story, like you're having a comic. So I wasn't really paying attention. I didn't realize you should only post one or two a day. <laughs> so, 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 I was annoying a lot of people, but if you look at the, what I was trying to do, if you actually take, if people look at it, they could see that. So one frame was a, was an idea, then the next one was it moving on, moving on, moving on. So if I had an idea in my head, I'd be putting like 10, sometimes one time I think I put 40 shots on. <laughs> but wow. In a row, in a day. But I know that would annoy people, but it was the uh, the Ben Kenobi, you know, the scene in the hut with, uh, Luke, with Luke and, you know, and I did frame by frame. Um mm. Of, you know of, of that scene and the same with good and the bad and the ugly i did a, a full that end scene i did it frame by frame with the toys so so now i'm <laughs> going to now i thank god for that like 10 swipe thing um so what i tend to do now is i try and give people an opportunity like because i can't decide on what's a good picture or not myself i have a hard time with that so so i uh, pick my best 10 or 20 and then i throw them up and see if someone it might land somewhere where someone likes another shot and people tell me that and I kind of like that now they say oh I like number six or I like number 10 or I like number one or you know it just gives them a bit more of a choice and then sometimes I can tell a story within those 10 so that's been kind of cool because I know one shot can tell a story and I have done that before but uh, sometimes I just like to do more I thought I just like to give more that's all it is yeah <laughs> so how long does it take for you to get a shot that you've got in your mind and then get it ready to post well, um, sometimes it could take a day, like, I mean, a full day of concept to like, I don't mean a day like physically working like, but certainly from mindset, say in the day I'm at work and come home, set it all up. That can take like an hour and a half and then like two hours shooting and then the editing process. So yeah, three to four hours. But I can do shots within 30 minutes too. If I've got the setup pre-done, I know where I want to put my lights and I put the figures in a certain position. I can, I can do it in less than an hour now wow. um yeah so sometimes but that that comes over time though the only reason i could do that is because i've had 
many, many, many times where the light, I, I just know where to put the lights. You know, I know where to position my lights. I know where I know where what camera settings are already in my head. Um, position of camera, that kind of thing. And what I do is I do a I do a, a set picture, and I think that you know locked on a on a tripod that people might want to see. And then what I do afterwards, I, I call it my own fun time. Is I get the camera in my hand and I shoot in hand and I just go all around the figure. I go any angle, even unconventional angles. I try and get, I try and showcase the figure. Um, and I'll go into POVs that's unexpected. Um, and I'll try all those kinds of things to life. And then in those shots, I might find something very interesting and I'll post that and it will be unconventional. And that's what I've had said to me before. Sometimes my angles and uh, they're not, you know, sometimes it might compress the the image too. You know, it's just it's so unconventional. But this is what I like. I like to I like to do off kilter shots. That's kind of my thing. What's your favorite line of figures to shoot? Um, well, currently, I'd probably say Mezco right now. They're they're phenomenal. But I'm not. Like I said, I'm only just learning how to work with those. But prior, prior to that, really, Black Series, uh, they've been really good actually. Certain ones, like you can tell the Mandalorian right now, that you've seen those pictures I posted, that the details on that thing, and you catch the light on every piece uh, comes out. I mean, I do a lot of painting on my figures too. I tend to blackwash a lot of them and I put some kind of rub and buff. And I, I, I get, most figures I get, I kind of gnarl them up a bit to make them more photogenic. I'm, you know, I definitely scuff them, dirty them, burn them, uh, do all kinds of stuff. And that, that was something I did back in the day, actually. Uh, I don't know whether you know this, but when I first started out, I used to I used to set fire to a lot of the stormtrooper guy. I used to have a lot of firework shots. <laughs> so the people used to people used to say, "What are you doing to your figures?" Because I wanted a realistic, like trench type pictures, and that's what got me noticed. Actually, the first time I did those, I, it, my count blew up. It got super big when I, like I said, I built this trench uh, in the garden, and I, I put it was really super cold and freezing. So the when I put a little, I had a little fog machine. Like hung in the air, put this yeah. water down, and I just blasted these fireworks. And I got super close. Like I was really, it's a bit like, <clears throat> like a Sir Dork, you know, where he gets the fireworks going and you get the camera right in there. And that's what I was doing. It was super dangerous. But, <laughs> Jared is crazy, man. <laughs> he is. He is. And, uh, but I, I remember telling him, I, I emailed him and said, hey, dude, you just be careful. I've burnt myself all the time. He seems way too close. Uh, you do get the shot, but again, with fireworks, you've got to be careful because they're so bright, you can overexpose so easily. You can, you can, you know, it, it's quite a trick to, to to shoot those. But anyway, so these figures were getting burnt; they were dirty anyway, and people were just, <laughs> people were saying all kinds of stuff like, "God, these expensive figures! What are you doing?" I says, "It's got to look authentic for the shot. I'll do anything to get the shot. I will destroy a figure if it means getting the shot." You know. But, that's just the way I am. I'm, uh, I want it to look as authentic as it can be. That'd be really dangerous if you're trying to shoot like a Mezco and like set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, I think now I think twice about those guys. I must admit, I do it with the cheaper figures. I have thrown my Hot Toys Boba Fett around in the desert. I've, I've destroyed like loads of dirt all over him. So a few people like got weirded out by that. But I thought <laughs> he's a robust figure. He's meant to be dirty. I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. But you're right, certain figures I'm kind of precious with now, like certain ones I bought, like the and you're right, the Mezco ones are kind of like this, they're just they're like works of art. They really are. I think I'm so impressed yeah. with that, that figure line. I really am. 
going back to that uh, Mandalorian figure, um, you said you you really liked that one. We're, we're shooting that a lot. And I kind of want to just talk about the show just because it's pretty fresh on everybody's mind. Absolutely. So, yeah. Have you seen all three episodes so far? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Cause, what, uh, what's your takeaway? What's your takeaway? Um, my takeaway is, is it's you can tell a fan is, is doing this. Regardless of, we know who it is. We know it's Filoni and um, Favreau. But you can tell that is a, a person who looks at Star Wars A New Hope and, and they look at all the aesthetic of it and they're saying to themselves, right, what would the fan want to see? For all my life as a Star Wars fan, I've always wanted to know more. Star Wars is fine, but I want to know what's going on down that alleyway. What's going on in the cantina when it shuts down? What is happening? What's real life like in the Star Wars world? And I feel like this is the first time we get a glimpse of that. It just so happens to be a Mandalorian, but for me, it could be a Jawa going about his business or anything. I just, I want to see it in an episodic way. So for me, it's it's blowing my mind. It's, it's <laughs> I don't, I'm absolutely, I feel like a child again watching. I get goosebumps, I get blown away. Um, I don't want to do any spoilers because in case someone hasn't seen it, but you know, some of the things they have thrown in that ep- in the episodes have been. I just want to say the sound. Let's just talk about the sand crawler scene. Sand crawler scene. Yeah. Um, okay. It's just to see inside that cockpit. I won't spoil the scene. What happens? But I got I got an immense amount of pleasure just seeing parts of that crawler that we've never seen before. I know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like this, this has me more excited on a week-to-week basis than I have been in such a long time. And I didn't want to hype it up too much because I'm one of those people that can imagine like an amazing show or movie and then it won't live up to the hype. So I didn't, I tried my best not to hype it up too much in my mind and just go for it and just enjoy it. And it's been a slow burn, like for me, like I don't, like you said, I don't want to spoil anything, but that man, that third episode, I was just, ugh. Wow. You know I mean? blown there's away. Things, yeah, there's things in there that no Star Wars fan has seen before, and they're never going to yeah. not, not seen that before. So that's a big deal, isn't it? To create that out of all the movies. Um, and it and it has a little bit of, um, I don't want to, again, don't want to ruin it, but it had some Iron Man-esque. I know it's Favreau, but I don't know. It's, it's something about, it's, 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 it's weird how they've done it. It's modern, but old. I don't know how they've, They've been able to, you know, for me as a 50-year-old, and even the new you know, new kids will come in, they'll all be blown away by it. I think that's the genius of it. Definitely. I, call me blast call me blasphemous, but I almost prefer Star Wars in a week-to-week episode basis now. Like I I don't know, yeah. like I love the movies and like I re rewatch them frequently, but I think I prefer like seeing Star Wars like a, a fresh episode every week. Mm. Well, the thing is it's like an open-ended book, isn't it? When you yeah. watch a movie, you know it's going to close. So you're reading the chapters, you've read them before, you want you want to go over them, but this feels like, okay, it's life's going on, you know, it keeps going on, what's going on? You remember The Sopranos, when that ended, everyone says, oh, it's a terrible ending, but you could argue, no, he's still going on, life is still going on. Who knows what they're doing now, but it's still going on. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's how I see it, and they can expand so much on it. Um, I'm just impressed with the look, um, the way that everybody. It's like I say, I tell you why I like it so much because I'm a big um, spaghetti western fan, uh, western mm. and it really has those uh, Sergio Leone, you know, um, 
that tone to it. I mean, I know they even try and do a little bit with the music, um, not quite, but they're trying to, it's like a nod to that, those kind of movies. Um, you know, Dave yeah. Filoni, Dave Filoni directed the first episode and that to me had the most Western vibe to the movie. I mean, to yeah. the show so far, yeah. and he's he's always wearing that cowboy hat, and I think he's a big <laughs> Western fan. Um, so yeah, I totally I love westerns. I love Once Upon a Time in the West. I love anything mm. uh, with with a gunslinger, like the man with no name kind of attitude, yeah. and it's great, man. It's it, definitely like, nailed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely nailed that 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 original like A New Hope vibe, like the samurai uh, kind of like. Uh, just that whole nostalgic feel. And I think, I think I'm just predicting this. I I think this could be potentially like star Wars, like saving grace. Like, I think this could like kind of reunite the fans and it kind of has and bring everybody back uh, regardless of what everybody thinks of the next film. I think the Mandalorian and, and potentially the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is really going to bring everybody back together, get the band back together, you know? I hope so, yeah, because I've been really disappointed with that. I I think it's been some of the worst... I thought Star Wars fans were a lot tighter than this. I I believe they are. I believe the real general hardcore ones are, but there's been some some hatred on that, and it's like... I find it some of the most strangest thing I've ever seen. Like, you know, I get it that it's precious to everybody. It's precious to me. Don't get me wrong. I, I used to get teased like mercilessly when i was growing up to liking star wars people forget that people forget how it was not a cool thing to like star wars i grew up i was in that era in the uh, when 83 went the last movies went and then i i went to school and all through my working life before 99 like star wars you were like man whatever this is in england it may not have been the case in america but you know it was kind of like well, I stuck with it all the way i said i defended it till the end i said no you wait there's <laughs> Even when I was a kid, I said, there's nine movies. There's going to be nine movies. It's going to be explained. But I knew all this because I used to have banter tracks. I used to be a member of the uh, Star Wars fan club, you see. So I used to get all this stuff from America, and it was, like, amazing. And in England, to get anything from America, it was like, oh, my God. And I get to, I get to find out about, um, you know, all the things that were going on in the movies at the time, you know, before they were out. I used to get all these, like, little tidbits. They used to tell you about what was going on. Um, so that was really cool. Back in the day, so I like, like anyway. Back to the what you say, but people have got to stop hating on Star Wars. It's just it's the most crazy thing ever. We're so lucky to get. I remember a time when we never got no Star Wars, and now we're just getting as as much as you can ever want. It, it's yeah. phenomenal. Should be grateful, really. <laughs> exactly. I've mentioned that on the Brick City Blockade podcast, where Ooh. I was basically going on a very long tangent about like there is going to be more star Wars every year, regardless of a show or a movie or something like there's going to be content. And so if you don't like one thing, you might just like the next thing. So don't like, don't get on a bash train just because you don't like one movie because you're eventually, you're just not going to like any star Wars that you could potentially could like, like Mm. there's things about the last Jedi. I didn't like, but the movie as a whole for me, I love the movie. And so, I don't want to get. I, I don't want to get into a last Jedi argument or or even a, a conversation just because it's been had so many times. But I just want the, I like you said, like I want the community just to realize, like especially the Star Wars community, because it's it's a very 
opinionated community. Um, yeah. I want them to realize there's going to be more content. Like there's going to be more stuff. Like they're not going to just make one Mandalorian show. They're going to make probably spinoffs and they're probably going to make like, you know, a solo two, a solo three, like they're going to do more stuff. Like, so. And I think they're doing them well, you know, they're doing them well now. They've got the right people. I mean, let's not rush this, you know, let's get the right people in to do the job. Um, I think that's what happened. I don't, well, we don't know what happened with The Last Jedi. We don't know what happened there. It was kind of weird how that all went down. But there was a lot of parts in that was wrong. But you know what? I went back and watched The Phantom Menace of the other day, and that got vilified. And you know what? There's some, it's actually really good. There's so many, When you start watching them back in a nostalgic way, they actually did a – they all are actually – they're really good. All of them are. There's bits in there that are clunky. Don't get me wrong. There's clunkiness yeah. in there. Some yeah. terrible dogs. But from an aesthetic point of view and a, and a storytelling and moving it along – you know, we did we did all right. I think we're doing good. And um, and this last one, I think, will tie it up nicely. But you're never going to please anyone. And I always say to someone who hates on stuff, okay, well, give me your draft. You tell me what you want to do. Let's listen to what you want to do. Get you get a multi million dollar budget. Go and make your own Star Wars movie. <laughs> you know, um, you'll get sued, but go make it. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and this is my last two cents on this because I, I we could talk we could do a whole episode on the Last Jedi and Star Wars, but I think for the most part, what people from what my understanding was is people didn't like the story of Luke. People didn't like the the whole Canto bite scene that was like a big issue for everybody, and and people uh, did not like uh, the Rose character. Um, so. Kind of hitting on those three topics, um, Luke, for me, I absolutely loved his story arc in that movie because of it showed his humanity. It showed like because in, in the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker was almost like a superhero, like he just yeah. couldn't do anything wrong. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he would make mistakes, but like it wasn't like a big mistake, but seeing a, like a, a failure, like a, a massive failure, mm-hmm. like in yeah. in the form of like trying to murder his own pupil because he was just afraid afraid that he would turn to the dark side you know what i mean like to me like that kind of that kind of moral argument like it makes him so real and like seeing his his like grief over that whole whole subject that to me and then seeing his redemption at the end like choosing to like reach out to kylo and just kind of say like basically like the force is the force is still going to be the force. Like you can't, you can't control the force. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's just, totally if, agree, you, yeah. if yeah. you you can find things to appreciate about that movie, like the cinematography in that movie is amazing. Mm. It is so good. Like if you go back and like do frame, frame, uh, like frame by frame with different shots of the original trilogy, Ryan Johnson actually like did a lot of, little nods to the original trilogy that a lot of people probably don't uh, recognize that aren't mm. kind of like super hardcore fans. But I think, yeah, I think as well, we wasn't ready for the, um, there's always been humor in Star Wars, but it was subtle. So I think it was a little bit um, like Ragnarok, you know, it, they went, they kind of went a little too much. I think that took you out of the movie initially. Um you know, the cheeky Poe Dameron scene with the, you know, I think it just takes you out of it. I mean, you get the humor, you like it, and, but it, it felt like it, it, you know, it gave you the sense of like it wasn't serious. Yeah. And then 
But I did not. You're right about the Luke thing, though. I did enjoy that. I enjoyed um, seeing him broken and then come back. He still was very heroic at the end. I think he's going to play a huge part in the in the third one still. Um, but yeah, I think we just need a bit more explaining. I think I think the story got lost. I think they they wasted time on stuff which could have been used for story movement. You know, like like Empire is. Empire leaves you wanting so much more. It's it's like one of those. It's one of the greatest movies. Where everyone agrees with that. But it's we don't even get a conclusion. We get like a, wow, we need to know what's going on. But I what's felt it just didn't that. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is looking at the reviews for Empire when it was released, it did not get good reviews. No. Like, and what's crazy is The Last Jedi got amazing reviews. It got like a 90-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. But the but the audience score was completely divided. Like it was like half of them loved it, half of them hated it. Yeah. I think this is just my thought. I think this movie is going to age really, really well. Of course, there's going to be like in every Star Wars, there's cheeky moments, there's stuff that's like kind of cringeworthy that you're just like, oh, I wish that wasn't in there. But in every Star Wars movie, there's something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But but uh, that's part of the fun. So. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's just my thought. I think it's going to age well. I think there's going to be more content. And, and eventually, the people that probably hated this movie will probably one day go back and kind of like realize well, it really wasn't that bad. It was just kind of such a jarring thing to like see Luke not be yeah. the hero. And, yeah. and that was one of the main issues is him not being a hero, like him not like making that decision. Yeah, and Mark Hamill making that quote, you know, he was very frustrated with the character uh, the mm. way Ryan Johnson wrote it. And yeah, it's funny. People don't, people don't take this into account. Carrie Fisher helped co-write this, this movie. Oh, wow. So that's, that to me, like if anybody has an argument, like take it up with Carrie Fisher, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I hear you. I totally hear you. Um, yeah, no, I think they will appreciate it in time, but I do get, it's very precious to people. And, um, you know, we just want it to be a certain way. But that, like you said, like going back to the Mandalorian, I feel like it's it's healing the wounds. You know, um, and let's yeah, definitely. What, let's just wait for this next movie because I feel like when you get a trilogy completed, it it brings all the other pieces into place. Like you can watch Phantom Menace got vilified, but you watch all three together, pick out all the best parts of those three movies, the prequels, and you've got one hell of a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and we're going to get an Obi Wan because of it. So let's remember that when we wouldn't have got that Obi Wan if we hadn't have seen how they, you know, how uh, Ewan McGregor did his part. So, so anyway, yeah. Sorry, back to Toy Story. <laughs> oh, and then also I forgot about we're getting a Cassian Andor series too. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, because he that, exactly. Now that is another one. I will defend Rogue One. I, I, I can't stand anyone who has a go at that. That is a phenomenal. It movie. is. It's, it's amazing. It's the grit. We finally got some grit, and and that Cassian, you actually felt the pain, like I felt the true pain of a real rebel. And that, and you know those lines, throwaway lines in movies where it says, "Yeah, lots of rebels died, many Bothans died, all these people that suffered to get where we are for our heroes." You know, they're the people I want to know about. The people that really put their their shit on the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. I love it. Let's take a break. And we'll get right back to the toy photo cast. Stay right there. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everybody, to Toy Photo Cast. This is the Red Dog 5 episode. Mr. Paul, welcome back. Hello, how are we doing? Did you enjoy your rest? <laughs> I did, I did. I uh, I am rested up and I'm ready to get back into it. You know, those the gap, I don't know whether it's because I listened to it on, um, I think it's Spotify, I listened to it, but those gaps always, yeah, because uh, they, they're so, it's a real gap before it starts. It just like, it doesn't go into the next piece. You've got to press play again. So I always feel like, was that it? Did it stop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's like on other people's when they're listening to it, but, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's what, different. What, it's different on a, on um, on Anchor because I think you can skip the ads, and then on oh, iTunes, yeah. iTunes you can't skip the ads. I know Spotify you can't skip the ads. Maybe oh, it's maybe just it's yeah. Anchor. Yeah, it's Anchor. You're right. I'm on Anchor. That's right. And you just have this long gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you, I think if you listen to it on Spotify, you can just fast forward through the ads, but. Mm. But don't do that if you're listening. Don't fast forward to it. <laughs> it's, I'm going to start calling it the Toy Podcast Abyss. It should be a. It should be a. There should be just a little voice you can hear in the background saying. <laughs> yep. It's a yep. weird thing. So yeah. Anyway, um, before we start, I just want to give you a shout out to you actually. Um, so yeah, we started to connect when uh, you did the Smugglers Retreat. And um, I can't tell you how, um, and I'm sure most people who've bought it from me have been crying out for somebody to do something like that. Um, you know, we all have a go at trying to make our own dios, and some people do it better than others. But the fact you took the time to really conceptualize that, you make it, you know, it, it's just perfect in every way. And I'm um, super stoked and super happy to help you on that. Um, I'm a big supporter of anyone who does this kind of stuff. I've, I've bought many things off people. I've um you know i encourage it all the time and i just i just want to say thank you for doing that and uh yeah that's it i just want to say thank you yeah thank you paul man i appreciate you i appreciate your support on the podcast i appreciate uh anybody that is willing to to spend their hard-earned money on a custom creation from a creator uh it, it means a lot man it really does and and just being able to give people something that they can enjoy for years and years to come. It's, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And it, and like you say, you've got plans to expand it too, which is great. The fact you can, you know, down the line, and uh, yeah, people, people will support that and it, and it inspires others as well. Which that's, that's the thing I like the most about this community, actually all the different projects that people do, you know, you get people who, um, customized figures and customize you've got dioramas and little pieces here and there and it's really cool um yeah there needs to be more of that and, uh, and we're always talking about community but that really is real community when people start sharing ideas and you know selling back and forth and that kind of stuff so yeah i i've done that i've made sure i've contributed to people's uh either charity events or um you know photos that they have or i'll, I'll do anything like that i'll, I'll always want to help people you know who are helping others basically so you said you were 50 years old so in 10 yeah. years you'll be 60 where do you see yourself in at, at 60 are you still doing this do you think well yes i'm 50 years old but i'm actually 
12 year old in the brain so don't worry about the mentality <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm very young I, the 50 is annoying to me it's like and I want you know, and I think that puts people off sometimes when I'm chatting to people. They think, oh, he's some old dude, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just my No, age. you're not. You're definitely not. <laughs> no, I speak. I have a young person's outlook. I'm very into, you know, young person's things and all that. And I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm down with all the, the latest stuff. So, but yeah, so 10 years time. Yeah, no, I definitely want to be still doing this. I want to, I want to be, um, I want to get this to a, not perfection, but certainly I want to be a, you know, I think the experience will just help me. I'll, I'll be um, definitely want to advance. Um, I've already advanced in the last four years, so I can see me, you know, continuing to do that. And um, there's a lot of ideas out there. I'd like to collaborate with people. Uh, we want to do. I've got a guy here who's long-term goal. We want to do an art gallery uh, for toy photographers. Have a permanent fixture where we can constantly update it with local talent. Come down. That's something I, I love. Your idea, what you want to do with the um, you know, the global room, if you like, or what you know, toy photographer's area where we can go down, it's like a you know, like a space where we can all hang out, that kind of stuff. I want to get involved in those kind of things going forward. I don't just want to be a toy photographer, I want to, you know, I want to just get out there and, and get things rolling with this, get this a, a bigger movement than it already is. I am interested in that. That is awesome, man. I, I would love to see just an art room where dedicated to toy photography i would go hang out there all the time that's really cool yeah absolutely yeah i've um yeah i, I, I just see it as uh, it's just growing and growing this and we've seen it with toy companies um getting involved with the instagram you know accounts that's kind of interesting to me how the you know industry is now moving towards this uh the shift you know the way that they know is a uh, we will buy those figures, you know, and we're buying them from a two-level standpoint. We're collectors and we're photographers, so we're looking for the most um, photogenic product out there and uh, the best detail and articulation, of course. That's the key to all this. Um, stiff figures no longer, no longer going to cut it. That's why Mezco is so amazing for me, the little innovation that they do. Uh, just little things like uh, the other day I was um, playing around with the, the, the Gomez and it, and he's uh, he's got he's got magnets in the feet, so it like uh, you know the hoverboard attaches them. Things like this, all these little these little touches, it's just it's just amazing. I mean, it saves me you know putting that on a wire and setting up things like that. You know what I mean? I don't know whether they thought that out for our reasons, but whatever they did it for, it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the Gomez figure. He's a ten out of ten, and I love that new addition that they're doing with the gomez universe going on so, it's per- pretty cool um yeah that is cool um yeah no that that's good that's only going to get bigger and bigger isn't it they'll expand that universe i've managed to pick up the the samurai it hasn't been delivered yet but the little uh you know the grub character. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what what's it the lone lone uh lone gomez or something like that yeah something like that yeah um, I've got that. I've got the uh, Magneto on order. That looks phenomenal. Um, and then the um, what else? I got, I got a few here and there. They, the problem is now it's just it's a can of worms now. That is, <laughs> it's an eighty. It's an eighty book can of worms on each one. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty smart. Like if you think about from a business perspective, how Mezco has capitalized on their own property so they're not having to pay any royalties to be able to produce this 
this line of Gomez figures, and they're charging the same price as a licensed figure. So, and most, and I think all of these Gomez figures have been Mezco Direct exclusives, so they're charging them at retail price. So you got to think about that too. So this little line of Gomez is like, man, it's it's a cash cow. I think. No, it's clever, and it piques the interest of people too because they're not quite sure. Like like I was, I was like, what is this? I mean. You're intrigued now, and then when you realize it's the logo, you're like, oh, yeah, wow, that's really clever. And then, of course, they gave him a backstory and a comic, and as for, before you know it, he's, he's iconic already. You know, he's, and um, for me, though, it's just, it's, just the, it's just the shoes he wears, like they look, the Chuck Taylors. That's, all, <laughs> that's it for me. I'm, I'm in. That's, the rest of it's all gravy. But once I saw that on a figure, I'm like, okay, i got to have this. Yeah, he's got a lot of attitude. And for people who are giant Mazco fans, like Gomez has been a mascot for for a long time. And they've yeah. made different versions of Gomez throughout the years. But right. this is definitely the best so far, for sure. Absolutely. So totally would go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said totally agree with you. Couldn't agree more. Okay, gotcha. What do you think? the action figure community slash toy photography community needs to focus on and how can we be a better uh, just community in general? Um, it just goes back to helping people in need, you know, um, not saying we all have to be like going around chicken on everybody every five minutes, but there might be some people struggling out there. We, we you know, just be available for people, just a listening mechanism or just help people in general, you know, like just with ideas and, I get DM'd a lot. You know, how do you do this? How do you do the rain? How do you do the slime? Um, you know, my slime, my uh, um, alien uh, pictures that I do. But a lot of people ask me about that, and I did actually come up with that on my own. I didn't copy anyone on that one, so I'm quite proud of that one. I'm sure someone else has done it, but I definitely discovered it by accident. But So I use a, um, a, a shower gel, like a clear shower gel, and I drip ah. it from, so I drip it from his head. And I'll let it slowly seep down. It seeps down at such a nice slow rate. You can capture it if you light it well. I don't know if you've seen some of my pictures with that. You can you can have a look at some and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that works very effective. And a lot of people have asked me about that because I know a lot of people like to do, like, a plastic version or whatever. But it just looks real. You know, in camera, it looks real. It drips slowly. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Super happy and proud with that one. Happy to share that out there. And then if you want the burning acid effect, just get a match, uh, light it up, put it out, and then place it a little offset, and you'll get this perfect swirls, you know, of smoke coming up. And that'll create the acid burning in. Uh, things like that. Rain effect I've learned over the years. Um, shutter speeds control that. Uh, you know, something you get the fine rain, or you can get the long rain through different like, exposure and shutter speeds. And, but like, because I do a lot of work in camera, you see, all my shots, it's all in camera. I don't do much Photoshop at all. Um, do a little bit of tweaking, enhancing, but that's one thing I pride myself on. People might not realize that they see my pictures, but they're all in camera. And I've learned to do that over the years by knocking down EV rates and uh, F-stops, you know, just fiddling around with shutter speeds, just constantly experimenting. And I, I think that's what I do over the years. I'm more of an experimenter. I, I do put up my mistakes too. I put a lot of flaws up. I don't just put my best shots up. So I think I've been quite honest over the years. And, you know, some people say, oh, why would you do that? But I think it's just good to just teach yourself, like, oh, God, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I use it as a learning curve. But certainly in my last year's work, I don't, you know, 
there's not a lot of I don't know I'm, I'm super happy with them super proud of a lot of my shots I've done uh I love your stuff, man. I'm I'm a huge fan. I love everything that you do with the Black Series figures, and I love how deep you go with some of those shots. It's it's really fun to watch. I'm scrolling right now on your feed, so I'm trying to find one specifically that kind of sticks out to me right now because I love them all. Um, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. I was just saying I love the stuff that you do with the Mandalorian that you've been doing recently, and kind of like having your own little theme uh, for him and little stories you're telling with the Mandalorian, uh, especially when you're doing like the stormtrooper shots. Those always are awesome. And I really do love that, that new Sith trooper that chromed out Amazon exclusive. That thing is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So if you're, if you're right there, if you scroll a bit further down, uh, where are you at? Oh, you're yeah. there, are you? Yeah, I can scroll. Yeah. I can scroll down. Yeah, if you're scrolling down the, um, then I started to do a little bit of hot toys. You probably see the Vader and Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, so that was fun to start shooting them. They're a lot tricky, a lot harder. Um, so that's kind of hard getting sets for them. But try not to do too many portraits for them because that's what people tend to do when I do understand that. They're very tricky to deal with. They're not easy to work with. They are really just a work of art and they should just be displayed in a cabinet. I do get that now. So I, I really am leaning towards uh, 112 now, I think, is the permanent thing I'll deal with. Um, I love the NECA figures. Well, if you scroll down, look at my Chase, uh, yeah, Jason and Michael pictures. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I'm getting into that now. Um, I've never talked about this before, but I think maybe we need to, like, especially about scale. So yeah. I, think, I think the 112 scale, as much as I love it, like, and as much as it's getting better and better and better. Like I still think, I still think one six scale, like I know it's really hard to shoot. It's really hard to get those figures and dioramas and stuff because they're so big. But like, if we could like, if we could somehow like, I don't know, like make more dioramas for one six figures, I think one six would be so fun to shoot for like toy photography in that kind of setting. Yeah, no, they're they're so realistic. If you if you scroll down to that, I don't we really see the Ben Kenobi and Chewie shot I did, um, the mm. one where he's walking in the bar type thing. But yeah, you can't get more real than that, can you? Like, it's insane. That all I'm saying is that they're tricky to work with. I take my hats off to the guys that deal with them. They they do a phenomenal job. Um, they they really do. They, they it's they're just harder than you think to shoot in terms of like getting them right. But you're right. Mm. If we have environments for them. Um, but I feel like 112 is moving towards with the Mezco and other people NECA. They're trying to, they're creating these mini hot toys, if you like. Oh, yeah. The they get in there. And, and I don't know. It's just, I think with 112, you can get away with more. You know, you can, you can have, like I said, things around the house. They scale up. I'm very lucky in Arizona as well, where, um, where, I'm, where I'm living is uh, our desert flora and outside it's all micro scaled down. It's like, there's always a small version of the tree. It's just come off, you know, or whatever, or the plant or the bush or the, even the, even the, the shale or the rocks, it's perfect scale. It's incredible. Um, Cause that's one thing that can kill a shot. You know, you put a toy down and he's got like eight foot grass over him. <laughs> it kills it. But, uh, but oh, here yeah. we, have, we have like this tiny little mini like grass or foliage or something that wants to bite you or kill you or scrape you, but it's all the right kind of size, you know, so that's cool when you're doing outdoor photography, which Definitely. I need to do more of. 
Definitely. Yeah. I love your outdoor stuff. It's, it's always enjoyable. I guess going back to my argument for like one six versus one twelve, I'm not really like on the fence or anything. Like I'm not like one side or the other. Yep. But my thing is I just love detail and accuracy and as getting as lifelike as possible and the hot toys and sideshow stuff, like it's just so cool when you get when you when it's scaled correctly and when it's in the right yeah. environment, it just looks like a movie. It just looks so good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they 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 are incredible. The sculpture and, uh, but like I say, they yeah they they are phenomenal. It's just the price point. I've started to collect them just recently. I got a few. I really like Obi One. I've always liked Obi One figures. I've got all three versions of it now. I've got the old, uh, got the um, the Ewan McGregor one and the uh, Myth- Mythos version. Mm. So that's that's what I'm tending to do. I'm trying to stick with Star Wars. Um, I have I have. I actually got a Deadpool the other day. That's pretty cool. Like the the, the dusty burnt out one. That's oh really yeah cool. yeah yeah. Yeah, I'm not taking a picture of him. He, he is so realistic. He's this one on But yeah, you're right. I, I do hear what you're saying. But I what I will say that from a photographer's point of view and just the general the, the amount of dioramas that are out there, one twelve just seems a bit more easy going yeah. right now. So yeah, it's definitely more feasible, especially for price. But if yeah. price were if price were no object and you have plenty of space, like I would go one six the whole way. <laughs> so, no, no, I, I get, it. I totally get it. I'm always impressed with those guys that they have those rooms full of one six and those busts and those incredible. I mean, there's just masterful art pieces out there. I mean, they're not figures; they're not in any way. Are they just they're just works of art? Yeah. Um, but they don't, guys don't tend they don't tend to bring them out on photograph and they just have them on display, don't they? But you're right. If price was no object, yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> Do you have any moments in your journey as a toy photographer where you just say, like, I got to pinch myself? Did that actually happen? Like, do you have any opportunities that came up that you got to do? Like, do you want to talk about anything? Sure, yeah. I've, I've had a lot um, for my humble existence. And it's not, I'm not considered a big account, but I had some strange stuff happen to me and it's still happening to me. It's kind of weird. So back in uh, 2016, I've barely been on. I've been not been doing a lot. Get a DM from this uh, this lady at this marketing company saying, um, "Hey, you know, we really like your work, and uh, we'd like to do some photos for the uh, for Hasbro um, for the Marvel um, Guardians of the Galaxy movie." I went, "Sure." I mean, is this real? <laughs> I questioned it. I was like, <laughs> "Why? Is this can't be real?" She said, "No, no. I work for a marketing company. We want to send you the figures out that up and coming movie. This, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy." So, yeah, sure. Anyway, so I didn't know much about it. Sent me the figures, started taking the photographs, and then they said, oh, so these pictures are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con on the Marvel board. We're going to print them up. And I went, oh, my God, what? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, and again, I still didn't know what that entailed. I was like, okay, well, I'll do the pictures. So I worked hard on them. And again, I don't, I, I'd only seen the movie once. So it was ever so hard to, like, recreate shots. Um, so, anyway, I did my best. I, I did them, and submitted uh six and they used all six which i was like oh my god it's incredible wow. i had my work against yeah so it was displayed at one at the big booth there at San Diego comic-con and um sergeant bananas that was there and other people like that and all these great people i was alongside i was like this is amazing i can't believe this is happening and the word marvel next to red dog five i'm like this is incredible how did this even happen i'm i've never been myself but and i have to thank uh zay um Black Series, he was there and he took a photo of it 
um, for me. So I got to see it, how it looked on the big, you know, on the, it's huge. I mean, it was massive. It was like, I don't know, 20 feet tall. Um, so anyway, so that was amazing. And then the following year, they asked me to do it again, um, which I did. Uh, and that was for Star Wars this time. So that was a mind blow. We did the hand Solo. So, the, the, it, so that was phenomenal to have my name against Star Wars logo again on a big board. And then I got chosen to do for Star Wars Celebration and had pictures there too. Um, so that was even more mind-blowing, being a Star Wars fan. I was like, that's incredible. And then they featured it in comicbook.com, entertainment, uh, you know, weekly.com. The pictures got put on that. Uh, and so, yeah, and then they've been sending me figures ever since. They've been sending me, like, whenever there's a promotion, a Marvel one or a Star Wars one, they send, they send the figures out just to put on the feed. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? I'm just a hobbyist just a guy and they contacted me i didn't push i didn't ask it just it just came out of the blue so, wow how does that make you feel man how does that make you feel being a longtime fan of star wars and marvel it was incredible it was it was it i still pinch myself now like you say it's a pinch moment because you're like you know i know it's not i'm not getting paid by anything, but it's just the fact you know I'm, i've been a photographer for a long time you know and I've, I've done weddings and i've had many people put my picture on their wall and in them you know but to actually have something published alongside something as big, an intellectual property as big as that, it's 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 pretty cool. From a from an Instagram page, you know, just just it's just a hobby. Uh, how how did it even happen? You know what I mean? I think that I just find it mind blowing still to this day. And they still, you know, they're still great to me. They still keep contacting me, and I do. Little, oh yeah, we did a one of the fun ones we did. We did the vintage range. Well, that was amazing. You know, the three point seven five when they did the. The, the oh re- yeah. Yeah, a nose rain was involved in that, and um, it was amazing. And, and plastic action, all these people, and again, we have to sign all these NDAs. We have to sign these. There's a lot to it, but you have to sign all these forms. You have to sign. Uh, you can't talk to anyone about it, and they get posted at a certain time, and then you have to give permission for them to use your image and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, very, very cool. And uh, so, yeah, that's that. That's pinching me moments right there, and then just getting to know when you start to get to know the big accounts and they start chatting with you and sending you dms and saying nice things about your work stuff like that that's always a big thing for me people that i respect and admire and they leave a comment and for me it's all about comments it's not about the likes it's about comments that for me if someone takes the trouble to put a comment that's everything to me because they've taken the time look at the picture and they you know and they've said what they liked about it and for me that's real interaction and you know that goes a long way for me for me that's and i try and do that myself i'm always trying to do that i'm always trying to encourage people to say nice things uh you know i'm constantly encouraging all types of accounts yeah huge and huge and small so do you have any any tips for just keeping an attitude of 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 Paul of Red Dog Five, like how do you kind of stay on top of your mental fitness? Um, I'm always pretty sharp anyway. Like um, work, I'm constantly thinking about things all the time. I don't switch off. I'm I'm very analytical. I like to have everything organized and sorted out. And so yeah, I, I don't know really. Um, but I will say this hobby is consuming and it can. It can be negative too, and I've had some downsides with it where I've, I've put pressure on myself. And I'm having a recent conversation actually with one of the big accounts about that, about how I've just lately been 
brushing shots, you know, I've been a little bit pressurizing myself, thinking I have to get content up, I have to do, you know. And I feel like I've got to stop doing that because it's it's burning me out. I've got to just take my time. I've done it long enough now. I'm established. People know my work. Don't don't keep putting out subpar work because you feel like you have to. You know, I've got to take a step back and put my real quality out there and take some time. You know, I feel I've got into that trap recently, and that's that's frustrating. But um, yeah. but but I'm a big I'm a big um, I'm quite good at dusting myself off. So if I get a disappointment. I'm immediately positive that immediately after I say it's not, I'm not going to allow it to affect me. Um, I don't know where I get that from, but I've, I've had lots of ups and downs in my life and, you know, huge. And, um, but I always believe there's an opportunity around the corner and I take every single opportunity. I never say no to anything. And that's how I ended up in America because I, I, I said, I didn't say no. I could have quite easily said no. And to be honest with you, if I hadn't I'd met my wife, I owe it all to her, really. I wouldn't be in toy photography because I won't be an American. I won't be talking to you. So, just let's talk that. about that. Let's. Let, I know you sure. mentioned to me before. Let's talk about how you met your wife. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's kind of weird. Well, I'm not sure if the listeners remember. Oh, it's a great my... story, man. It's it's it it's a great story. I want I want people to hear it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So in 2006, well. Do people, I don't know if people remember MySpace. I'm sure they do before before Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. MySpace was the cool thing. <laughs> and so uh, I was into like bands at the time, you know, music. I still am, but that, that's primarily why I was on there. I was just following music. And then I get this little DM from this this girl saying, um, oh, I really like your taste in music. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I just said one back saying, fair enough. And, uh, and then that expanded into a bit more chat. and. Um, back and forth and then again thinking nothing of it and then uh, we kind of became friends you know over the over the just like dming each other and then um eventually she said uh oh you know i want to meet up with you i'm thinking we're thinking i'm thinking of coming to england on a on a you know on a holiday a vacation and so i thought oh great i get to meet you and that was that thought, thought nothing of it anyway that fell through and then again we became more and more friends and i said well, okay I'll, I'll come out to america then um I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I was pretty broke. And um, my friend said, oh, go on. you got to do it. I said, what if it's not real? And that, and that, <laughs> what if it's just a joke? And then a lot of my friends started teasing me, said, yeah, I think it's one of them reality shows. You're going to get eaten alive in the desert. It's not real. It's just, <laughs> she's probably she's probably a man. To this point, oh. I've not seen her. I've only seen pictures. So I'm like, yeah, well, well whatever. I'll just, fuck it. I'll just take a leap of faith. <laughs> so, uh, so um so anyway, so I, I, my friends helped me out, got the ticket, came over, met her, and um, yeah, we just fell in love. <laughs> and then that was it. And I was like, shit, fuck it, fell in love. Like, we just hit it off. And Arizona was amazing. It blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, look at the size of this place. Like, coming from England, you don't understand. America is, is massive. It's just so big. So I, yeah. so I was thinking, well, this was great, great week. You know, I was thinking, we'll never... Um, we just had to think, well, I've got to go back. Um, so we did. And then started talking more. And we thought, shit, I've, we've got to be together. How do we do this? And so um, we looked into how to get together. And you've got to get um, a thing called a fiancé visa. And uh, so, again, that took a long time. Big process, lots of money. You have to have loads of interviews, FBI stuff, and all this kind of stuff. Becoming a, you know, becoming um, an immigrant is quite, it's quite difficult. It's not easy. 
So um, we were apart for like a couple of years trying to get that sorted out. So that was really hard, but we got to know each other really well, you know, by just not physical, but by, you know, chatting. And then um, because the thing about the film TV is once you decide to emigrate or come to it, you have to get married within three months. But at this point, we'd known each other for like two and a half years, just chatting. And um, oh, actually, that's another. Oh, yeah. And I did manage to get another visit over. Um, Again, uh, friends helped me out. Uh, You know, amazing friends, but, you know, I still do. But they were like, uh, they were all supportive of me and helpful. You know, it's really cool. Um, So, yeah, I I, uh, fly over again. And that's when we definitely decide to do it. And then uh, she comes over to England and managed to get her over there. She loved that. And then I took the plunge and in 2008, finally got my visa and um, came to Las Vegas. And I forget the guy checking on my paperwork and everything. And he, he said, welcome to America, buddy. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I'm here. I'm really here. And, uh, wow. and it sucked because when I first got here, I couldn't work. Uh, there was the crash had happened. You remember 2008? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the economy yeah, crash. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're in a grip of true recession. Um, there was... I never forget. I went to a jobs fair when I first uh, came here, and, and it, it was at Glendale the, at the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and it was just there was thousands of people just going around the, the stadium, and I thought, oh my god, I'm going to get a job here, and it did. It took me ten months before I could get a job, so I was out of work for ten months. That was a real struggle. So newly married, no work, and I'd given up an amazing job. I worked in the airline industry. I was a super good job. I had so many friends. I was a played soccer at a high level. I was a Sports person, you know, I played a really decent. Um, I was always playing sports and stuff, so I gave up quite a lot. I gave up family, friends, everything. It was worth it. I mean, I'm here now, 11 years in. This is the best decision I ever made. Um, but yeah, so that's how it happened, all from a from a little DM. <laughs> you, so you got to thank MySpace for the amazing marriage you have now. Mm. It is amazing, and she's very supportive of my. I mean, she doesn't get too involved, and she's always telling me. Oh, you're crazy you love them toys sometimes more than me and all that stuff you do get that and i'm sure all the wives say that to all the guys but <laughs> but but they don't understand how, how much love you can have for a piece of plastic <laughs> yeah that that could be a whole, whole podcast about spouses <laughs> yeah. yeah it really could and i think everybody can relate to that and i'm sure there's been many arguments but i try and include her in it she's very artistic herself but she doesn't want to do photography but she comes up with ideas and stuff. She's all about adventure time. She's always telling me, get some adventure time figures. I will one day, I will. <laughs> you know, my wife is like a big fan of The Office. And I just saw at Walmart that they're like, uh, they're, they're selling these office, like articulated figures now. And so yeah. she's like, she's all in. She's like, oh, we're getting all of them. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's Let's make some office scenes and. I'll start her a little account. We can start doing toy photography. I'm trying. I've been trying for so long to get her to do toy photography, but like, I think that's maybe, the dream. I'd maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the way to get her in. Is like hook, line, and sinker. Like her favorite property is the office, and just like her recreating scenes or something. Oh yeah, I mean, you can imagine uh, Dwight in the uh, working for the Empire <laughs> as a clerk. <laughs> yep. Oh, easily, easily, easily. <clears throat> Yeah. That'd be so cool. No, Do you have any good. tips? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, sure. I was just going to say, do you have any tips for people who are just starting out doing toy photography? Um, what What would you like to say to them and just giving them some advice? 
Sure, yeah. Um, the, the main thing is, is uh, first of all, you've got to really want to do it. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to, you've got to find a passion for it. Um, it's no good just buying some toys or a camera or a phone and just plunking it down and thinking, oh, yeah, this is a toy photographer. You want to... You want to you want to go in, come in full, you know, full bore, hundred percent. Try and think about what you want to bring. Um, you know, just express your art, bring something out of yourself, because that's what's great about it. It's like a foot, you know, um, thumb uh, thumbprint. You know, it's it's everyone's got a unique take on this. So just think about that. Don't try and copy anyone. Just try and think about what you want to do, and uh, just experiment. Um, don't be afraid of failure. Keep trying. Reach out to to people that you admire, ask them questions. Um, ultimately, yeah, just 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 experiment. Get good. Just get some decent lighting. You don't have to spend a lot of money on lighting, but definitely you want you want four lights. I would I would argue so you can light from all angles. Um, play around with shadows and and texture and just set up a scene. Just get a comic book. And if you can't think of anything, um, just go online and look at the thousands of pictures that's out there. One of them will inspire you. Um, yeah, that's my main tip, and just enjoy it. Just, just enjoy it. But if if you don't enjoy it, then definitely don't do it. <laughs> Boom! Mic drop from Mr. Paul. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And this is the time of the episode where I just kind of leave the mic open for you to say whatever you want to say to your followers and the people that connect with you on a daily basis. Just uh, it, the mic is yours, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to say thank you to everybody who supports me. There's a lot of people out there, and they, they have over the years. Um, super encouraging. I always leave nice comments. Um, and if I don't get back to you, I always will. Um, yeah, it, it's. I just want to say thank you to everybody who does that, follows me, um, encourages me. And I, I do talk to a lot of people, so they know I'm very approachable. Um, I want to shout out to my uh, uh, Red Dog 5 um, squad, uh, quad, I should say um we're doing like a collaboration we just started doing that um so um hopefully you know those guys uh they know where they are <laughs> Who, who's a part of that squad Who, who's, so uh, who, your, who's in it? your good friend uh scotty scotty blind yeah uh, we've got him we've got uh jason DeMichael, db DeMichael, and then we've got trooper trooper jan is it janine jan yeah janine janine yeah so we got the real three three studs there and um, we just did one. We just started out with talking. We're just going to do one a month because of commitment issues and everybody's got their own thing going on. We just did it for fun. But it's just nice to collaborate. I want to encourage that as my shout out to everyone. I want more people to collaborate. I want people to reach out. I know there's lots of people out there. They've got the little groups going on, which is cool. But just reach out to new people um, all the time. It's fun to do. It really is. It actually makes you focus on things and, and you feel like, proud to do it you know and you've got everyone's back and i don't know it's just that I, I do encourage that i really do and i think you'll have more fun because you like i said at the start of it you don't want to be on your own i've had that feeling before and it, it's not nice you you plow along and you, you it's just nice to reach out to someone get some feedback it really is i love it i love it all right so <laughs> tell everybody where they can connect with you on social media sure um i just have the instagram uh, the Flickr's private. I just use that for loading up pictures. I don't, no one can see anything on there. I think there is some public pictures on there, but but the main one is just red underscore dog underscore five, and um, and that's it really. You'll find me on there. Yeah, come and drop on the account. Come and say hi. And I'm always open 
to anybody really and I'll, I'll help you with anything you need and if i can't you know know myself i'll reach out and get the information for you i know plenty of the dudes on here you know i, I, I can uh, resource for you <laughs> nice well thank you paul for coming on the show i appreciate you man you're definitely a class act and i just i appreciate everything you do for the community and your positive attitude man so thank you so much and you can also no, you find don't. me at oh, i'm sorry go ahead what were you gonna say no and thank you sir yeah you are also uh you're incredible what you do all the different you've got feature pages podcasts uh customization you know you're you're a you're a great example of what what we should be doing uh multitasking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i get uh I, I got so much going on sometimes it's hard to keep up but man yeah dude i i love it thank you man i i appreciate i appreciate you paul so Everybody out there, you can find me at Dagoba underscore days. You can find the Mezco 112 Collective feature page at 1.12.collective. You can find Toy Photocast at Toy Photocast on Instagram. And you can also find the Star Wars Toy Photography feature page at Star Wars Toy Picks. Now remember, everybody, we are storytellers. Get out there. Tell your story. Go shoot some toys and be an OG like Mr. Paul here. So <laughs> this is Dagobah Day signing out. Peace. Peace.